The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Cariah. And it's another week in the physical precious metals market, but another week in the world where so much is happening. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, some local stuff in here in Ontario with, uh, or Toronto rather, with some potential tax increases. There's also what's happening in commercial real estate um, in the U.S. and China, a big short has to be addressed. We're going to talk about that. And um, also something very interesting happening at the central bank in Germany. And then finally, hopefully we'll get to our discussion, which I think is a timely one about the BRICS because they're meeting in, um, in a few days. First, let's talk about what's happening in the market. Jerry, I think we continue to kind of meander downward over the week. Uh, we're currently trading at 2273 on silver just shy of $1900 on gold it's around uh around the 200 day moving average um any initial thoughts on what we saw this week uh not at all i mean uh, it was earning season obviously and um you know there could be some taking profit on on the future side of things um dollar strength obviously there is chatter about potential rate hikes coming up in september which would uh then uh, boost yields and cause metals to dip. So we are we are trading, uh, consolidating in a range right now, um, at a very strong support of 2280 for silver. Silver looks like it's ready to break out. Gold similarly around the 1880 to you know to 1920 mark. So we're bouncing around a very strong level, a very good level. The loony on the other hand is losing uh, is, is losing its its strength. A lot of currency plays um, that's that's happened overnight in the in the overnight market following uh, the, the bankruptcy from Evergrande. Uh, China went to the market to uh, to devalue their currency and do some more monetary policy shuffles. So a lot of currency things to be aware of. A lot of everyone, you know, you got to keep an eye on the currencies because this is the bedrock. This is the fabric of all assets. Everything is denominated in currencies that are all racing to the bottom. And the US dollar happens to have a parachute on, but it's also heading to the bottom as well. I did notice that this week, the exchange did end up working in in the favor of gold owners as well. The price may have been going down, but there was an offset of the exchange rate. Personally, I also I see pullbacks like these in the market as an indicator of something is about to happen. I always see pretty decent dips in the market as an indicator that something is about feel it, to right? happen. Yeah. So you kind of say, okay, there's Jackson Hole coming up um, where the Fed's going to get together um, and talk policy. Then you have the BRICS coming together in a few days, potentially a big announcement. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. And so when you see these type of things happening, you always have to wonder if they can push the price down and neutralize a potential jump up. So maybe the dollar's about to, to tank. Maybe some, some news is about to come out and the dollar, dollar goes down. And that's gonna make the markets take off in gold and silver. 
ultimately i try not to get too caught up and bogged down in what's happening in the price right I, um because for silver we need to break 30. once we break 30 new ball game we're off to the races with this bull market and until that regatta starts to sail it's accumulation time and speaking of accumulation time i was showing a client today who asked me when's a good time to to buy on a dip i said well if, if you're not going by gut feeling by what you already have in the market um, and just kind of saying to yourself oh this feels like a good good low price here you could always look at the 200 day moving average and draw a circle around it very true so on silver you could say okay the 200 day moving average is $22.70 well if I can get within 60 cents or a dollar in that range I'm probably in good shape Mm -hmm. You know, because when it starts to move up, it moves way up over the 200 day moving average when the market starts to rise. And so you'll really capitalize if you buy in and around the 200 day moving average, whether it's a little above a little below. Um, like I said, draw a circle around it and you're probably good without any other indicators mm -hmm. in, in your in your tool shed. Mm -hmm. What do you think? No, that's very I think, I think it's a very important um indicator to look at is the moving average, of course, and overall trends, if you want to even go a step further back, um, look at the, the the yearly trends of the of the gold and silver markets over the past 40 years. Um, silver and gold tend to dip during the summer months, call it sil the summer doldrums, everyone's asleep, everyone's selling May and go away. Um, but as soon as you start start getting back to work, refocusing back to school, um, you know, and, and even the seasonality between you know the, the India buying and the India buyers and China buyers, you know, Diwali season, then you start seeing the market start to pick up in the fall seasons. So this is the big dip in in the overall in the summer, and, and even buying uh, during interest rate hike cycles. The U.S. Federal Reserve has embarked because they raised or or they uh, went to town. They just started printing excess currency. Canada printed about four times the size of our GDP back in 2020. They just literally cranked up the thermostat. So they had they released 40-year high inflation. So they've been raising interest rates over the past year and year, almost two years. So uh, this is where you want to be buying metals because when they stop, when they can't do it anymore, when something breaks and things are breaking all around us, Jeremy, things are absolutely ridiculous. The costs are going through the roof, hitting earnings. Um, you want to buy buy the metals and and recession proof your portfolio. This is the name of the game today. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. I do uh, have to remind myself and laugh that they they thought inflation was transitory. What? <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Fed said inflation was transitory. You, you just mentioned that everything is getting more expensive. And here in Toronto, um, the mayor wants to raise the HST. She also wants to raise property taxes and land transfer taxes and uh, all sorts of other taxes. How do you feel about raising people's costs when inflation is, is for most people on the ground level, double digit? And they've just raised interest rates. So many people who had variable mortgages are paying twice as much, mm -hmm. um, or at least it's you know it's all going to. They're not getting anything down on their principal, but people's and they have to they have to renew their mortgages. Da da da. So prices are going up all around. It's one of the biggest inflationary things, real estate. So how do you feel about her proposing increases to tax at a time where where everyone's already feeling it in their pocketbook? Mm -hmm. No surprise, no big shock. We knew that was coming down the pike uh, when she came into office uh, this year. Um, 
but the rate at which she's doing it with the scale at which she's doing it and taxing the rich, um, people are already getting squeezed. You mentioned it. Um, they're hitting rock bottom. They thought they hit rock bottom, but things are getting worse now, adding interest rates on top of taxes. People are looking to, looking at ways to circumvent, to, to wiggle their way out, to try to you know, avoid these negative impacts to, to their cost of living. So this is a, probably the worst time possible. But you know, with, with revenues, you, you, there's no revenue coming into the country. There's no revenue coming into the city, the state, or the, the province. What do we export? Paul talks about that all the time. We, we export nothing. We export maybe vehicles over the over Windsor border, but that's about it. Everything's been exported. Um, so you know, exported abroad in terms of manufacturing, but it's a you know horrendous time. You know, Canadians, uh, I think the merchants and, and and the consumers, their means of circumventing it would be to use use cash. You know, use cash only. Uh, step out of the and this is this I think puts a nail in the coffin of the central bank digital currency idea because you're just going to keep taxing that. So circumvent with means outside of the traditional currency, maybe cash, uh, maybe. Precious metals uh, to you know barter and trade. We can do that eventually, and we're going to be having a presentation coming up, I think, in September, mid September, on how to use your coins in barter and trade. Um, the the central bank um, of Canada did say that they're not moving forward with the central bank digital currency. That there's no demand for it. Um, people don't want it. Raising taxes is just. It, I, I'm not sure where the political incentive is on that. I, I did find it ironic when I saw a lot of Olivia Chow signs on very expensive properties, <laughs> thinking to myself, you know she's going to raise your, your taxes, right? You know she's going to want more property tax, more land transfer tax. Um, and even if you went to go lease a car or, or uh, buy a car, have you seen the rates on those? Mm. Like they've spiked as well. I think it used to be like two percent, one under two percent. Now it's like up to seven percent plus insurance. So these are all different ways you're getting squeezed. So, so Jerry, how does owning physical precious metals actually hedge inflation in this in this example? Because we're looking. Someone might say to you, "We're looking at a price where the price is down. It's not going up. It's not. It's not saving me from inflation." What would you say to someone who said that to you and might be looking into the market and thinking? Price and value, price and value. The, the value that metals provide is uncanny. It's historic. It has always shed, uh, um, protected against the threat and the onslaught on currency devaluation. Look throughout history. You're, you're head out of the sand. We have to look at what the currencies have done throughout millennia. Gold and silver is that one finite scarce currency that you can rely on, you yourself and families can rely on, central banks rely on, and without physical precious metals within your portfolio, you're open to dollar risks, dollar de dollar devaluations within your portfolio. Uh, the stealth inflation is no more. You're seeing the losses in your portfolio now, um, and gold and silver is that wealth insurance that you need. Why? Because it's decoupled from all of the currency madness, the banking system madness, the lockdowns, the digital, anything digital. 
Um, you know, privacy is just down the drain. And this is one way of protecting your wealth, probably the best way of protecting your wealth. And we have to pay attention to the big money where they're headed towards in the BRIC nations are meeting next week, Tuesday in Johannesburg. We'll get into that very soon. But get in touch with us regarding your silver portfolios and your gold portfolios. It is a store of wealth. You can see long term. It has been a great store of wealth. It's on the table of elements. This is why it's been money for thousands of years, and this is why when they're trying to steal your wealth through inflation, taxation, printing money, all of these things, you want to say, no, i got to get out of that. i got to put my wealth somewhere where it cannot be taken away from me. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Let's talk about how much to have in your portfolio. Let's talk about how Germans are dealing with their central bank and physical gold and get into the bricks. It's The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about uh, raising taxes in Toronto, but meanwhile... Evergrande has gone bust. This is a story we were following for a while. Evergrande went bust. Bitcoin's gone under uh, 20,000. They're pushing the price of the metals down. And then all of a sudden, a tweet happens. And what came across? <laughs> this was like the biggest news this week. Yeah, the big short is on, Jeremy. Michael Burry, the famous big short who predicted the crash of 2008, the great financial crisis, has just shorted the stock market with $1.6 billion worth of options, betting against the stock market probably at, the, uh, at a moment where I think, you know, with, with regards to all of the negative sentiment within the commercial real estate market, um, his predictions have been spot on, not all perfect, but most of his Scion um, asset management has been has been right, and again, the com combination value of these options as adds up to an impressive 1.6 billion. A massive. This is a huge short position, Jeremy, and you know he has just uh, announced this. Um, he bet against the subprime mortgage market this time around. It looks to be the commercial real estate mar uh, market as well. Um, he shortened the the S and P, as well as um, uh, the Invesco as well ETF. Now, his 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 main concern, obviously, about this market is definitely palpable, and his actions echo this this negative sentiment. But if his actions and his foresight again prove once again to be correct, we might be finding ourselves, Jeremy, in another debilitating economic crisis. As soon as he announced that the S&P and the NASDAQ fell that night overnight, it's still under pressure. We're seeing more and more collapses. The Evergrande default, that is massive. The ripple effect will be felt around the world on this. China went, to the act, went in response to this, cut interest rates, dumped helicopter money back into this at a time where the central bank of the U U.S. is tightening. What gives, Jeremy? We have two central banks out on ends, the largest economy in the world, followed up by the second largest economy in the world, doing the opposite things. Dueling central banks. Dueling central banks. And just as a reminder, everyone, during the financial crisis, the great financial crisis of 2008, gold doubled during that time while the shares were split in half. 
Jeremy, your thoughts on that? Well, it, it wouldn't mean that much if he didn't have this incredible track record. That's it. He has a very, very good track record with these things. I actually even follow someone who tracks his own por tracks the guy's portfolio. And even being late to the party does very well just tracking uh, Michael Burry's portfolio. Yeah. And apparently the $1.6 billion position represents 93% of his entire portfolio. That speaks immense volume as well. Wow. I wonder if the last 7% is gold. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that is betting the farm that the stock market's going to go down. Now, even from a, even from a layman term perspective, okay, how is the stock market supposed to double from here? If you think about just some sort of, uh, you know, retail, um, retail things that you would buy, let's, let's take uh, running shoes. Are you buying six pairs this year? Probably not. Are the people who were who are working at those companies asking for raises? Probably. So you're going to have falling margins, falling demand. What else? Um, you know, big tech companies like Apple, are you buying a new Apple Watch this year? Probably not. Are you going to be buying a new phone? Not if you don't have to, right? Their, their earnings they, definitely don't they, show it. They, show, they, they put out the, the visor thing. People laughed at the price. They said, yeah, right, I'm going to pay that. Um, car companies, again, we just, just in the last segment, we said if you want to um, you know, lease a car or uh, get a loan to, to buy a car over the next several years, the rate is, is crazy in comparison to where it's been. Um, so you kind of sit back and you say, how, are, how is the stock market supposed to double from here? So when I see Michael Burry betting the farm against the market, yeah, it makes sense. Also, it's overvalued, which brings us to another subject. Let's go there. Um, oftentimes, our listeners know we've talked about the Abitsen Associate uh, paper, how it's come to be a norm in this market to have 10, 15% of your assets in precious metals as a hedge against the equities that are all valued in US dollars or Canadian dollars. So really what you're looking for is something negatively correlated, a negatively correlated asset. So gold is negatively correlated to the dollar. Therefore, you should have a hedge in your portfolio of something anti-dollar, and that would be gold. We were talking in the office this week about the fact that that ratio is is predicated on the idea that the stocks are not overvalued. <laughs> so what right. would you do? Could we go back and contact Abitsen and Associates in 2008 and say, hey guys, um, could you rewrite this so that it takes into account that how much gold should you have in your portfolio if your stocks are extremely overvalued? Mm -hmm. What would that percentage look like? Yes, some are. Some argue. I mean, you know, some stocks are overvalued, maybe by thirty, fifty percent, perhaps. Um, definitely, definitely an argument for a higher allocation, especially today. If we did revise that, you would have to take into account uh, the amount of derivatives as well that are currently in existence with the balance sheets. And remember that the Ibbotson Associates argued for physical, physical precious metals as opposed to proxy of precious metals, something similar to ETFs, which is an electronic fund uh, that represents uh, physical gold somewhere in existence and things like that, Jeremy. And, and you know, when, when they created that uh, percentage idea, one thing that hadn't happened yet is 0% interest. 
zero interest rates. Correct. Because these overvaluations happened because of low interest rates where people chased yield. Mm -hmm. So how much froth is in the stock market that these companies are all overvalued? Mm -hmm. Because people didn't know where else to put their money. They couldn't go into the bank and get interest. Exactly. So they had to chase yield, right? And now it's a question of, well, what if they need the funds for other things? And they say, okay, well, I'm going to start selling off the profits on all of that. And that's exactly what's happening. So you, sh you should, in effect, probably see deflation in that on these stocks as people start to draw the equity out and say, and say, well, savings be damned now. Um, I need, I need, um, I need cash. That's exactly. It. I, mean, <laughs> I the, need capital. Yeah, the ZERP, the zero interest rates, um, the quantitative easing, they have exhausted the very tools that the stock market, this overvalued stock market needed uh, in, 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 to, in order to go up, to see these staggering gains for investors. You've already exhausted this. Their tools are, the toolbox is empty. They don't work anymore. They're obsolete. And this is the reason why people are leaving. You're absolutely right. Yahoo Finance, according to a new re report from them, the four largest banks in the States are experiencing a sharp deposit decline. According to this report, collectively, they've seen a staggering $262 billion drop in deposits compared to the same period last year. Where is the money going? Why is it leaving the, why is it leaving the banking system? Do they know what fractional reserve banking is? I wonder if that's what's happening. People are definitely waking up over the past two years of lockdowns doing some research. Or they're getting ready to start paying back their student loans. Or they're having to pay deal with the higher costs of living overall. There was a, a report that came out that the United States lost $5.9 trillion in wealth last year, more than any other country in the world. Imagine losing $5.9 trillion in wealth and remember we've talked about this on the show the debts don't matter until they matter and you can now see the boomerang happening where all those politicians that said the debts don't matter because interest rates are at all-time lows historic lows well the debts matter when the interest rates start rising mm -hmm. so it's all starting to matter so when just bringing it all back when Michael Burry decides, well, let's bet the farm against the stock market because we don't believe it's got anywhere to go from here. The next step is let's just assume for a minute, Jerry, that he's absolutely right, that the stock market is headed for a fall. What's the Fed's next move? Do they raise interest rates more? Do they print more money? Do they do what China's doing? And all of a sudden, instead of being a dueling central bank with, with China, they become more uh, together in what they're doing, lowering interest rates and printing money. And what would that look like in a world that has already started to feel the massive effects of inflation from doing that in the first place? Mm -hmm. it, it, this is going to be, um, I mean, the central banks are cornered, Jeremy. They are cornered. They have never been in a corner this deep before. They have delve themselves into uh, into an abyss really that you know spells doom for the currency spells doom for many many currencies if you see what happened in places like argentina recently interest rate hikes over 118% the people are seeing their currency the value of their currency through the floor they can't buy anything the people have had enough what did they do recently they just voted in their quote unquote far right um trump loving um, opposition leader 
and what is he what is he vowing to do? He's vowing to end the central bank and adopt other policies um, away from a devaluing currency. So, you know, central banks, their reign of of terror, really, really and truly, what it is, is is really coming to an end. And to that end, the the reason why they they're doing what they're doing is because they know it's coming to an end. That's right. So it's either let's try to grab people more control over people. Let's try to create the digital central bank currencies. Um, you know, we we can't win the the war on the money, but mm-hmm. maybe we can win the war on control. Um, you, did you did you see Jeffrey Tucker from Brownstone Institute's article on far right? He said enough of it already. Anytime you guys don't like something, you just call it far right. Conspiracy. Right? Nuts. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the people calling, you know, the the opposition in Argentina far right are collectivists. That's correct. All collectivists do what we say. Don't pay attention to to what we're doing, but just pay it. Just do what we tell you to do. And if we want you to have digital ID and we don't like what you have to say, you don't get to buy food. That's how it's going to work. That's what's going to happen. That's what they want. That's what the central bankers want. That's what the collectivist wants. That's what the far left wants. And so they decide, well, we'll just disparage you by calling you far right instead of normal. Mm-hmm. Now, some would say, Jerry, that, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't worry about uh, digital ID. Okay. It's got nothing to do with what you do privately. Okay. And got, and has everything to do with you voicing an opinion that may be a, of dissent against those collectivists. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So now you have people that come to you and say, are you a conspiracy theorist? No, I just think for myself. Mm-hmm. Am I not allowed to think for myself and question things? Yeah. It is the rugged individualists that gave those collectivists the ability to be collectivists. <laughs> Otherwise, true. you'd be in a gulag already. Mm-hmm. So, Gold and silver are about being individual. It's taking the vote of your, of your money and saying, no, 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 no. You don't get to just put this money in with BlackRock or wherever you want to put it and, and tell us how we want to run our lives. Go, no, I'm going to take my money out of the system. I'm going to put it into gold. Print as much as you like. Mm-hmm. Print as much cash as you want. I don't care because you can't steal the gold. And they're not going to steal the gold. They just want to steal people's money through taxation and inflation by stealth. That's the soft fascist way. And by taking cash out of the bank, by taking the gold out of the system, it's it's one vote against that system that's against you. And it's one part just being protective, just being defensive, just saying, no, I'm not going to invest in something that's already overvalued, that can't, has no chance in rising in price from here. And so I'm just going to protect my wealth with an asset that's been around for thousands of years, that's on the table of elements, mm-hmm. that can't be printed into existence, and that's it. So you give us a call. <laughs> the number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website's guildhallwealth.com. And we're going to help you put physical gold in your RSP that you own and control, and that's held outside the banking system in a vault. Or you're going to just call us and you're going to buy it direct and you're going to take it home with you and you're going to protect your wealth. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to do here. And we're going to talk about more of this in the next segment 
on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. I've taken a breath. I'm trying to calm down. You got me fired up, Jeremy. I'm trying to calm down. Goodness. <laughs> but I, I just got a coffee, so I'm going to get fired up again in a minute. Jerry, what is um, we got to get to the BRICS because that's happening in a, in a few days. They're going to get together. Um, we got to find a little bit of time to talk about that. But very before we do that, what's going on with the German Central Bank and its relationship to gold? So the German Central Bank, um, at a press conference earlier this year, um, one of the members of the German Central Bank, Joachim Vermelling, made a clear, made very clear, in a time where central banks are very, very much under pressure, that the soundness of the central bank's balance sheet in Germany, in light of all these losses, because all central banks generally are right now losing money like never before, is guaranteed by the bank's gold revaluation account. You heard that correctly. Vermelling's testimony implies that the bank is willing to use its gold revaluation account to cover losses. So you no longer have to tweak and do zerp and do money printing. No, you're going to use the gold that you have in existence. Does Canada have any gold? No, but you know what that is? Um, That's called, uh, in our business, we call that a limited hangout. So here's an example. In 1971, when Nixon lifted the gold standard, what he could have done is said, look, we owe a lot of money. We've printed a lot of money and gold is undervalued. We can't give gold at $35 an ounce, but we could revalue it to $850 an ounce. And then that way we'd only be giving out a little bit of, a little bit amounts, a little bit of gold and we'd pay off the debts. Very, very simple. You revalue gold, you give less. Otherwise, you're stuck with the with the the argument of there's not enough gold. There is enough gold if you revalue it. That's correct. But that's not what they wanted to do, Jerry. They wanted control of the money printing. They wanted to give control of the central banks over to the money printing. So to have a central banker come out and say, no, 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 no. What we can do is revalue the gold. Okay. Way to step it back 50 years <laughs> later. <laughs> okay, that's what that is. That's exactly what in he my says. opinion, in no. my humble gold opinion. No, that's exactly what he is. And so this is what he says. Um, what is also of interest is the revaluation evalu- accounts. The most important revelation revaluation item is is of course the reserve for the three thousand three hundred fifty five tons of gold. Uh, the value is about one hundred and eighty billion euros above the cost of purchasing it. So this is a reserve for us. This is tier one capital, Jeremy, and this is the whole point of why central banks need a reserve. A tier one capital reserve, there is no risk. It is money. It's collateral and can guarantee your debts. You can guarantee your currencies. You can guarantee all of those derivatives. How high does that gold price have to go for those derivatives, Jeremy? Exactly. And, and, and I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I disagree with the central banker on revaluing gold. No, revalue it all you want, my friend. Um, let it go as high as you think you need it to go. We will, we will be along for the ride because we've positioned ourselves for, uh, for a while now getting ready for the market to move. And, you know, it's done its job up till now. But gold and silver are incredibly undervalued compared to where they need to go, especially if you think about Exeter's pyramid 
inverted pyramid. Gold's the base. Gold is the real money. And when everything starts to crumble and devalue, it's all going to roll into gold. That's where silver gets crazy exciting because gold is going to be zapped from the market, especially from the central banks, right? All these rich people who have access to the cash first are going to roll into gold faster than you can blink. You're not going to be able to afford gold. Everyone's going to start going into silver. And where does the silver price go then? Mm -hmm. That is going to be very exciting, my friend. Very exciting indeed. In that sense, Jerry, could you foresee a day when the price could go over four digits, like get into the thousand dollar range? I certainly can, Jeremy. If you know, it's, it's a simple of, of a matter of looking at the various ratios, and that would require uh, gold to head into the above seventeen to twenty thousand dollar range. This is not outlandish talk, Jeremy. We're talking about we're just witnessed a seven percent drop in Bitcoin, which is around twenty thousand dollars for something that is potentially. Um, it's not being used anymore. Monk Musk dr dumped all of his most of his Bitcoin from SpaceX, so that's not the one. So, in a, in an era where we're seeing twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin and five thousand uh, dollar, you know, Ethereum, how is silver with all of the industrial attributes and the mo the more that we expand and get become more technological and technically advanced, silver has that elasticity to go into the four-digit range very easily, very quickly as well, because when entities that rely on the gold for their industry cannot get their hands on the product, you're going to see the silver squeeze happen. The silver squeeze 2.0, it's not, it's not over. This is continuing, and this is why we have to keep an eye on the premiums, keep an eye on the deliveries, and, and keep in touch with Guildhall because this is the one way to create wealth for yourself and for your family members. Just remember, in 1980, it just took 2,000 ounces of silver to buy yourself a home. And this is what we want. We want to decouple ourselves with mortgages, pay off the mortgage, own an asset, and be happy. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, I think the, the, the cryptos is a different market. They're not the same. People who maybe think it's the same will probably wake up one day to realize it's it's a different market. Um, so it's not that we're anti Crypto, it's just they're they're different markets. And to your point about buying a house, um, you know the the government has this new program where you can. It's kind of like a TFSA where you can buy a first home timer, first home buyer's uh, account, mm -hmm. um, which is a great way to kind of start a RSP account as well because you could use it for that eventually if you decide not to to get into the housing market. But we, given the the information we've put out there about silver being so undervalued and where it could go that it could buy you a house that account is perfect for silver you you get that account you start putting in in some funds i think it starts at eight thousand dollars this year next year it'll be higher and you just start picking up your your silver and should silver go into triple digits even better if it gets into the thousand dollar range those limited amount of funds because let's be honest you're not putting a down payment on a, on a property for eight grand but if you bought eight grand of silver and it goes up significantly, you're going to get pretty close. Mm -hmm. So that's something to definitely look at. Um, as we go into the next segment, Jerry, we're going to talk about a package, what that looks like. Also some natural fancy colored diamonds because there's been some interesting developments in that market. And we have to get to some talk about the bricks. The number 18778silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I sent you a clip the other day from uh, Rappaport. He uh, owns the company Rappaport. He does the magazine. It basically gives the pricing for uh, diamonds, white diamonds around the world. And he, he gave a really quick and very interesting talk about the synthetic diamond market, which has been on fire the last several years, because you can create a diamond for much cheaper. You can charge very good uh, prices for them. They've only ended up being like 30% less than the real thing. But uh, he pointed out, one of the things he pointed out was that there is no resale value on that. It's it's basically like buying a synthetic Rolex or a synthetic Louis Vuitton or synthetic high high name brand. There's no resale on a synthetic. There's only resale on real. Now the market price has been crashing too, and that that runs complete counter to the white diamond market, but more importantly, the colored diamond market. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you're getting into the synthetics. You start, uh, you eliminate the whole rarity aspect of investing in color diamonds. Uh, the, the sheer fact of you know knowing that every for every ten thousand white diamonds that are mined, there's only one color diamond, and out of that one colored stone, a fraction of that would be deemed by Guildhall an investment grade stone. So when you are coming to Guildhall to look to uh, diversify your hard asset portfolio, you're coming to experts who own these stones. Our blood, sweat, and tears are already in the stone. We already acquired these. We took the guesswork out. We know exactly what to look for because in, in terms of investing in a colored stone, it's the same four Cs. You want to ensure that the four Cs are great. The cut, color, clarity, and carat weight are of the highest uh, highest quality and, and carat weight without um, – and, and the cut as well, Jeremy. You get into that uh, you know, masterfully. And, and today we want to talk about you know, rarity. You know, with regards to currency that are just simply not rare, the purpose of hard assets is to get into an asset that is decorrelated and inversely correlated from the paper markets, inflationary inflationary assets and bubble assets. These markets, on the other hand, precious metals and natural fancy color diamonds are not bubble assets. So if you are looking at diversifying and rounding out your portfolio with a natural fancy color diamond from Guildhall, we want you to get in touch. We want you to partake in a diamond discovery session where we can show you what makes an investment grade stone, how our clients have made money in this market, and how to make a color diamond part of your portfolio. We want you to get in touch with us, give us a call, or visit our website to see the inventory that we have at guildhallwealth.com and learn how to diversify your portfolio with the assets. So let's talk about diversifying a portfolio, Jerry, because if you're looking at a natural fancy, fancy colored diamond, which is not liquid like gold and silver, but its gains have been spectacular over time because they are so incredibly rare that they continue to rise over time. You don't have to watch them. And that's the whole point. You put them away. You hope you don't have to sell them. You hope you can make it generational wealth and that you can pass it on. And these are the type of assets that last forever and you never want to have to sell them and just have the growth have the wealth keep growing mm-hmm. but that said this is part of a hard asset portfolio so we want to then add the liquidity on top and you have 
you know, you bring it together with bars and coins. So what, what would a package look like for someone? Yeah, the most, most of the people these days in the past couple of years have been, you know, acquiring assets like these for privacy. I think privacy has been such a huge topic. And the amount of people that have actually left the country, it's very sad, sad to see them go, but they're still in touch. And they bought diamonds for that person purpose as well. It's concentrated wealth, you can literally hold a million dollar stone in the palm of your hands and, and move along. So with a natural fancy called diamond, I put together a package because I feel that, you know, take some more guesswork off, off, your, off of your plate. We'll put something together. Most of the time, pe people come to us with a budget that they have in mind. So if you have about a $50,000, $55,000 budget, this is exactly what I would uh, look towards. Firstly, you want to look at the silver market being very much undervalued versus gold. You want to get yourself some coins, maybe a, a box of coins. And special product of the week is the tube of one-ounce silver Britannia coins on the website website right now, they're about 940 Canadian. Uh, so they are minted by the UK Mint. You can get in touch with us. We can get that down for you about $900 if you're looking at a good deal. Um, so they are, uh, they have a face value of two pounds. It's a good price point in Canadian dollars. LBMA approved, of course. Uh, so they're very easy, easy to own. A box, you can get that box for $18,000. Get in touch with Guildhall. You can get a box of 500 of these coins for $18,000. Um, on top of some gold, you add maybe five ounces of gold for twenty-six sixty each. That's about thirteen thousand. Plus, we have a very rare one point one eight carat fancy yellow radiant cut IF for just un, just a little bit over twenty thousand. So about a fifty thousand, fifty-three thousand um, dollar outlay, a budget. You can get a Guildhall recession-proof portfolio, and this is the the best way of protecting your wealth. You have the gold as the foundation of your portfolio, very liquid. You have the participation of, of topside performance with silver, and you have generational wealth building with your natural fancy called diamond. I think this is the perfect portfolio. We want you to, we want you to get in touch, touch Man, with Man, I'm excited about that. So very quick, we've got about two minutes left. We've got to talk about the bricks. Yeah. So um, they've been making a lot of deals. Um, do you think that they're going to announce something with regard to gold? Do you think it even matters? We know that they're going to head towards some sort of, not maybe not gold backing, but some sort of relationship with gold. So do you think that um, given that relationship that they're going to continue to forge with gold, that, we're, that that's going to have an effect on the market? It will definitely, because why? We have China and Russia that are there. They're heading it up. The world's number one and two gold mining nations. So obviously, it has to do something with gold. Gold is going to be the fabric of the very topic of conversations. Whether they peg, whether they back it up, whether they make it convertible, we do know that there's going to be some sort of a new standard. Um, but the relations are being built. They're making deals and the alliances have been put together and they're growing and people are knocking on the door while the West is on the outside looking in. And this is going to force countries like Canada and US to, to knock on the door as well. That was going to be my, my last question to you. Do you think countries like the Five Eyes countries are going to end up having to get to the table with the BRICS and say, okay, here's what we're going to do to be able to work with you? Well, I think that Macron obviously wanted to join with and they said no you're you're not a good <laughs> you're not a good candidate so I think they'll have to come to the table and really negotiate uh to to join this alliance but why are they doing this this is what the Durban Durban accords are all about um it's an alternative to US US dollar financial dominance, um, the weaponization of the US dollar. We just saw just last week India and the United Arab Emirates did an oil deal w using their own currency. It's a way of avoiding inflation caused by excessive dollar printing, currency 
printing. And this is just a way of simplifying things, Jeremy. Simplifying, bring back trust to the table, and streamline bilateral trade. We're definitely going to be watching the gold story with the BRICS. Excited, that's coming up in a few days. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. want to thank everyone for listening this week. It's been a great chat, and we can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.